future is Mecca. Okay, we're recording, big guy. Keep it down. I hope I get the chance to delete this. But if I don't, I guess that means we lost. Or I lost. Big time. So, hello to whoever is listening to this. My name is Praxit, and the epic saga I'm about to share with you began on my birthday. For quite a while, I'm talking weeks and weeks. I thought my last birthday was the worst. I was used to disappointing birthdays. The last five were not great, and don't even ask me about Christmas. But this birthday felt like the worst of all, because for a whole minute and a half, I thought it was going to be amazing. The day started off normal enough. I woke up. Sunlight was coming through the curtains. It was feeling like it might be a beautiful spring day. Then I remembered what day it was. I figured this birthday was going to be the same as the last ones. Dad had only started working again a few weeks ago, so we're still living on basic income. Less than basic income, because I was a so-called excess child, and Glurk cuts your basic forever if you have more than one kid. Stupid. If you have more kids, you need more money. I'm not just talking birthdays. So I was lying there, wishing Glurk wasn't so stingy, and working on this year's disappointment. We always had pancakes for my birthday breakfast, but they weren't really what you would call pancakes, what anyone would call pancakes. I was building up to a big sad sigh about that when I heard the deep throb, throb, throb of an ultra-heavy delivery drone. It was coming from the direction of the industrial ring. Just a delivery to the city, I told myself. Probably a housing module to be bolted onto one of the cloud towers for some other basic family to live in. But it kept getting louder and louder. Then it felt like my room, the whole house, was bouncing to that throb, throb, throb. My mind was boggling with the reasons an ultra-heavy drone was over our house. Then a shadow drifted down my curtains, blocking the light for a long moment. Under the noise of the drone's rotors came a quick series of clanks and high-pitched whines, which I knew were steel cables being retracted into the belly of the drone. The drone throbbed off into the distance, and I was too excited to move. I was still boggling. I knew that, at long last, outside my window, standing in my front yard, was my very own Mecca. Finally. I was literally, actually, and really, the last kid in my learning place to get their Mecca. By like two years. Some get theirs at like seven. I'd been rolling to the learning place on a basic scooter that wasn't even mine while seven-year-olds stomped past me. I could see them in their cockpits, wiggling, laughing, or worse, shaking their heads with pity at me, still stuck on wheels. But today that would end. Now what model was it going to be? The latest Nova Elite like Coda has would be the dream. But I knew it couldn't be that. Not on a bug pilot's income. Dad knew I was keen for any kind of hardback Ranger model. They were a bit heavy, but had power and finesse. It's what I always piloted in The Sims, and what I used for all my victory runs. I'm the main reason that even older models hold their value. Yeah, I'm that Praxit. Praxit 2230. Probably even in the future you've seen my tag. 
I've been up and down the global rankings across all the leading Veer sims and never had my own mecha until today. I jumped out of bed and pulled open the curtains so I could see exactly what it felt like when Joy was crushed by disappointment. Standing out there on the mecha pad was not a hard vac ranger. I didn't know what the COO it was. I know mechas. Every kid knows mechas. But it was like nothing I'd ever seen. It wasn't a giant gleaming marvel of technology. Not at all. It was squat and ugly and looked dumb and did not gleam or glitter or even glint. I could see the top of its cockpit and shoulders and I was only on the second floor of a house. It didn't even reach the gutters. And it was a weird dull shade of green. Not weird. Just disgusting. Baby poo green. Dad was in the front yard too, already in his bright orange industrial pilot onesie, waving at me to come down. So I pulled on clothes and went down, and I can still remember how he looked as I crossed the grass towards him. He was smiling, but it was his, I know this is awful, but let's pretend it's fine, smile. Lots of teeth, wide eyes and raised eyebrows, like he's being electrocuted. We both had years of practice at this expression. It's been flashed many nights at the kitchen counter over plates of basic mints. We used to arrange the mints in different shapes out of boredom. We once agreed it tasted best as a triangle. Of course it didn't. That smile has helped us get by, but it isn't fair, because I wanted to be angry at him for getting me this stupid mecca, but I had to be nice. Happy birthday, Prax, he said, and we hugged. What do you think? I couldn't say anything. We just stared at it. The Osorios from across the street stopped on their way out with their two Dalmatian pig clones to join in the staring. Then they waved, shrugged, and went on their way. They had a matched pair of golden miso drifters standing either side of the mecha dock on their roof. I doubt they would want to do a trade with me. Does this mean we have to move to central housing? I asked. I was looking past the Osorios' house, their beautiful meccas, and the dark wall of sink trees behind them to the city towers. The buildings looked like they were raining glitter. That was the morning sun bouncing off the thousands and thousands of meccas and drones in flight. Hey, said Dad, we could afford this. I'm working now. And it was a real deal. I know it's not a hard vac ranger. It's not an anything, I said. It really wasn't. All consumer meccas are built around four Glurk frame sizes. 6 meter, 8 meter, 10 meter, and 15 meter. All the difference in mecha brands comes from skins, panels, software, and sometimes cockpits. Underneath, they're all the same. But if you're a kid, they only let you pilot the 6 and 8 meter ones. This thing was not even 6 meters tall. Yeah, I've never seen one before, but, it, but it's registered for three years. And the guy at work I got it from, Lemur, he's in accounting or something. He sold it to me for a really good price, even through in delivery. Anyhow, he said it's a solid mecha. The company got it a while back but never used it, and it was just taking up space. No wonder no one used it. It looks like a baby, I said. A giant poo-green baby. Everything coming out of my mouth was pretty mean. Dad was doing his best. Ever since... Well, never mind. Just know, it's been tough. For both of us. But thanks, Dad. I finally and really got a mecha thing. It really did look like a giant baby. The arms and legs were thick and short. 
I'm telling you, the torso had a pot belly and the cockpit was oversized, making it look top-heavy, like it might fall over and crush us. And you know what? Right then, I would have been fine with that. Also, the skin job on the thing was really lazy. One ugly color all over. And I couldn't see any mount points. There's always mount points. What if I wanted to attach speakers, a shield, or wings? Not that I'd attach wings, but I couldn't even if I wanted to. And the whole thing was just an awful flat, greeny brown. We can fix the color, said Dad. Next income day, we'll buy some body paint. Whatever you want. Maybe some highlights in yellow? That made me chuff out my nose, though I wasn't really laughing. I was thinking about walking up to the learning place in this thing, and a field of beautiful shining mechas slapping their giant metal hands against their giant metal legs and pointing at me, their cockpits wiggling in mecha laughter. That wiggling. I didn't want to face it. What's first? Test run or breakfast, said Dad. I've got birthday pancakes. He saw my look. Real pancakes this time. Frozen ones. I'm no chef. But definitely not flattened pieces of basic white loaf. The pancakes were good. My birthday was not a total loss. Just a major one. Dad inhaled his box. I took my time with mine. They were so plump and soft. I soaked them in syrup and cut off a little piece at a time. Because if I ate them slowly enough... I would never have to climb into the Mecca and pilot it to school. Dad wasn't having that. He had to get to work, and he rushed me and nagged and badgered me and said all the parent things like, Have you got your bag? Did you grab your mini-tab? And I said all the kid things like, Duh, I'm wearing it, and Duh, it's in my pocket, until we were back in the front yard. He wheeled his old motorcycle out of the storage bay while I stared at the big green metal baby and realized it didn't have any footholds or rungs to climb up to the cockpit. Our house didn't have a dock or even a mecha reach, so I didn't know how I was going to get up there. How do I get into the thing? I asked him. Oh yeah, Lemur said knock on it. There isn't a veer trainer for it, but he figured a sim lord like you wouldn't have any problems piloting it. In fact, he said it'd be perfect for you. So I just knock? That's what he said. Knock on what? It didn't have a door. Dad was fiddling with his bike, checking the levels on the batteries. They'd seen a lot of recharge cycles, and one day soon, they weren't going to get him to his job. I reckon I'll make it back, he said mostly to himself. He always said it. Either one day he's going to be wrong, or those words are what's keeping those batteries alive. I walked up to the Mecca. I'm not the tallest kid, but I was almost up to its hip joints. It was tiny. I reached out and knocked twice on its fat right leg. It was like I had knocked on a granite boulder. I thought the green was a skin, but it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like a panel either. I was wondering if the awful paint job was really an awful coating of some kind when servos started activating. Its limbs flexed and twisted as it ran through system tests. I took a few steps back. The mecha squatted down, reached out with its right arm, and placed its hand palm up just above the lawn. For some reason, its thumb was sticking straight up. Maybe you're meant to stand on its hand, said Dad from his bike. I guess, I said, and stepped onto the hand. It didn't shift at all. I could have been stepping onto a rock. I reached out for the thumb, and the hand began to move. It carried me towards the head as the mecha stood up. 
the cockpit canopy opened. At least it wasn't green inside. It was black, which was cool. The pilot's seat was black too. Around it were the standard prosthetics plus a bunch of other stuff that I'd never seen in a mecha or a sim rig. The hand stopped. There was a metal grip plate on the white edge with a canopy locked down over the control console. I stepped off the hand onto it and down in front of the seat, threw my bag behind it and sat down. The mecha's right arm returned to hanging by its side. How is it? called Dad from below. I settled back and got my hands and feet into the prosthetics and gave them a wiggle. Sometimes my friends would let me have a short pod of their mechas. So I had a bit of real-world experience in Yogi mechs, cozy strollers, and perky jets. And no one has had more sim time than me, where I've piloted everything from construction mechas to hypersonic drones. But this one felt different. Mostly normal, but different. Maybe it was the ridiculous baby shape, the proportions. And what was with the extra controls? No one tell them about screens? It's all good, I yelled back. You better go or you'll be late. Message me when you get home. Bye, Dad, I called. Happy birth. He was cut off by the canopy closing. And by closing, I mean it snapped shut when I hit the button. It made me jump and it felt like I had just been eaten. That was because it was dark in there, except for the lights on the console. Then came the sound of tiny servos. Metal shutters retracted and the canopy was uncovered. It wasn't even all plexi. There were support struts everywhere except in front of me. Figures. I mech waved to Dad as the audio system activated. It was crystal clear. I could hear the whine of his bike's motors as he zipped away and the sound of the wide tires tearing against the road as he took the corner at speed. Please state pilot name, said a synthetic voice. I groaned. How old was this mecha? How long had it been sitting in a warehouse? Voice interfaces were older than Dad's bike batteries. Praxit, I said. Calibrating. I started the walk to school, and it was awful. The controls were all janky. When I finally managed to get out of our cul-de-sac and onto the ring road, I immediately wished I could turn off the audio. Glurk made all mecha communications public within a certain range. Basically, being in a group of mechas is like being in a group of people. You can have one-to-one -one conversations if you don't mind whispering into your mini-tab. But say anything or sneeze or burp loud enough inside your cockpit and everyone nearby can hear it. That's because 150, 170 years ago, Glurk originally designed the mechas for asteroid and lunar mining teams. Some people forget that Glurk, G-L-R-C, stands for the Global Lunar Research Council. Now they're just Glurk to us. Glurk, the cause of and solution to all of the world's problems. Because a century and a half ago, Glurk figured teams working in the harsh, unforgiving environment of space needed easy hands-free communication, I could hear the gasps and chuckles of passing pilots in the harsh, unforgiving environment of the commuter lanes. Thanks, Glurk. Some people even stopped their mechas to watch me go by. Or they're just getting out of the way because, I don't know, whatever was wrong with the controls of the mecha was making me an unstable, unpredictable mess? If the mecha was a baby, the baby was drunk. It was like steering through jelly and someone was shaking the jelly. Sometimes I stopped with a foot up in the air, waving like it wasn't sure where to go, while I was furiously swinging it down over and over again. Once I went backwards. Thankfully, the cozy stroller behind me wasn't too close, because my anti-collision system didn't kick in. Hers did, and she slid around me, giving me a rude gesture as she went by. 
go forward, I shouted. That got laughs from the mechas lined up for the transit pad I was passing. The roar of their jets lifting them into the sky didn't hide their laughter at all. Calibrating. Calibrate faster, I whispered. People are laughing, and you're going to make me late for school. Calibrating. When I stumbled into the mecha stand at New Whitehorse Learning Place 548, I was late, but not late enough. Three of my least favorite people were climbing down their mechas, Tien, Ainsley, and Risto. They were mech crossheads, and they all had the 8-meter hardback ranger model I should have gotten instead of this thing. Tien's was painted with blue camouflage. Ainsley's was bare alloy with tribal patterns, and Risto's was yellow with black detailing. They gulped in my direction until they recognized me in the cockpit. Then they looked at each other and fell to the ground. That and the rolling around was overdoing it a bit. I was tempted to try and step on them, and maybe I would have if I could have got that baby to walk in a straight line. Mecha systems won't let you step on people, but you can try. I tried to maneuver the mecha next to a nimble skipper model. It had wings set on the back and red and yellow ribbons hanging from all the forearm mount points to just above the ground. Obviously a dancer's mecha. I couldn't get into the spot, though. I gave up and stopped where I was. I hit the controls to put the baby in standby mode. Stand by, it announced. Stand by, I said, mimicking his dumb voice. Pity voice interfaces don't get sarcasm. If it did, it would shut up. The cockpit opened. I grabbed my bag as the hand rose up to meet me. Hey, look called Tien. The Whittle Bitty Simward has got himself a Whittle Bitty Mecca. Nice color, called Ainsley. Did someone forget to flush? Basic mech, big nose, yelled Risto. That got me mad. Basic, I yelled down at them. This mecha will jet circles around yours. Ha, said Risto. It couldn't fall in a hole without a push. You have no idea what this mecha can do, I yelled back. What it could do was pretty much nothing. What was I saying? Prove it, said Tien. It's Wednesday. Open Mechross tryouts are on at lunch. You've been telling us for years you're better than us. Come and prove it on a real field. Yes, Simlord, said Ainsley. Try the real thing, unless you're gutless. She tilted her head so I could see the harness bruises on her neck. Mechross players are always showing off their bruises. The running joke was they were too dumb to adjust their cockpit harnesses, but they didn't care. He's got got gutless, said Risto. I've got guts, I said. You'll see. That didn't come out right. I don't want anyone seeing my guts. I wanted them to stay right where they were, on the inside. The bell rang out from the school. The day's first stream was about to start. Come and try out, said Tien, so we can destroy you. They all turned and walked off. Risto gave me the three-finger salute over his shoulder. What did I get myself into? Sure, I was proud of my sim scores. And my scores were way better than their scores. They didn't even rank outside the rings. Everyone knows that sim scores are solid predictors of real-world skill, so it's just a plain fact that I would be better than those three if I had a decent mecha instead of this stupid baby. I'm probably better than them even with the thing. I stepped onto the hand and it lowered me to the ground. The other mechas stretched in towering rows towards the school. They made me feel tinier than normal. The big baby and I were small. Smaller than all the Mechross players, smaller than everyone. 
Behind me, the baby stood up and the cockpit snapped shut. The covers whined and clicked into place. Once again, it was a uniform shade of poo green. Did someone forget to flush? Basic mecha? Really? I'll show them. I ran past the mechas towards the main steps where the last few kids were heading inside. I just wanted to see my friends before stream started and unload some of this drama. Loving the story? Show your support and access new episodes on Sunday instead of Wednesdays. Supporter episodes will always be ad-free. By supporting Futures Mecca, you keep new episodes coming. Visit patreon.com slash futuresmecca and become a supporter today. patreon.com slash futuresmecca.